the big Scottish football podcast with Stephen Mill and Ewan Cameron. Hello and welcome to episode 40 of the big Scottish football podcast. I'm Stephen Mill, he's Ewan Cameron. How are you doing, Ewan? You okay? I'm not too bad. Should we be brutally honest from the get-go as to how this is actually working today? Yeah, because I think people will be interested in this. So it sounds like me and Ewan are in the same room. It sounds like we're in the same place, Ewan, doesn't it? It does, but we're really not. I'm actually in Edinburgh at the 4th One Studios because there's a bank holiday, so I was off this morning. So I've come through to Edinburgh. I'm here, and next door to me is where Boogie and Arlene do their breakfast show. So mm-hmm. I'm here in Edinburgh, the capital city of Scotland, the home of the big team, Heart Midlothian Football Club. And just down the road from where I am is Leith Walk, and I can actually see from where I'm sitting, Easter Roads. Yes. So that's where that's where Hibs play. They're doing there somewhere. Uh, so I'm Hibs play. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm here in Edinburgh. And where are you, Stephen? I am at One Golden Square in London, right in the heart of London. Because you'll be joining me tomorrow, you and Cameron. Because somehow mm-hmm. we've been nominated for a massive award in the radio industry. So I'm down already. I made a bit of a day of it yesterday. So I'm a little bit delicate this morning, but. I'm fine. I managed to watch football yesterday, which was good. Enjoyed wait, it. Wait, 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 wait. That's not what you told me before we started recording the podcast. You said to me that you're a wee bit smashed and you've got a bit of a headache because you went for it last night. I said I'm a bit delicate. I did say that there. Yeah, I'm a yeah but you can't, you can't, you can't, say, delicate's a nice word. That's kind of like playing it down. Yeah, you're, you're, I mean, I, what I would say is I've been worse. Like, I wasn't like, you know, like, oh my God, I can't get out of my bed. I've just got, you know, that sort of dull headache sometimes that you get. I mean, yes. I get it every single week because I work with you, obviously, but um, <laughs> I think in terms of um, today, I've been a lot worse. I'm fine. I will get to the end of the podcast and everything will be good. So, yes, Ewan's in Edinburgh. I'm in London, but you wouldn't know it because technology and when it works it works really well you and I think it does work really well and Stephen was celebrating in London Celtics winning the Scottish Cup and we'll get to that in just a second <laughs> because we all know that Stephen Mill hates Rangers even though he's a Dunfermline fan why he's got so much hate for Rangers we're still trying to figure that one out we're 40 podcasts in and I still don't know what it is he's got against Rangers whereas I you and Cameron see Scottish football objectively yes I am biased when it comes to Hearts and my team and I like to have the banter with the Hibs fans but I look at Scottish football without the blinkers on Stephen has an issue with Rangers and one day we will get to the bottom of it but Stephen was out in London last night celebrating a Celtic victory and we'll get to that in just a second you know, I don't have an issue with Rangers. You do, um, you really I, I, do. I, I, I Why do totally Rangers don't. fans think that? Why do Rangers fans think that? Because Rangers fans think the world's against them. I mean, I've got <laughs> Ce- I've got Celtic fans who tweet me after every time I tweet about Dunfermline, they're like, "Oh, but Rangers are playing later on. That's your big team." And I'm like, <laughs> "So I mean, like I get it, but for both ways." So you yes, know, you do, you do. Um, to be fair, what I would say about the game yesterday, I watched on my phone um, because there were. Zero pubs that I went to went into yesterday that were showing the game. Zero. That's crazy for a Celtic Rangers game, Scottish Cup semi-final. I mean, you'd think that some pubs in London would be showing the big oh, game of the day. I, I'm sure there were pubs, but just the ones that I went into, every single one that I went to went into yesterday was in about four or five pubs, and uh, none of them had had the Rangers Celtic game on. None of them. Crazy, absolutely crazy. Anyway, yeah. should we get going with this? Yes, absolutely, because there was two big semi-finals at the weekend, and of course the race for the championship title will come down to the final day this coming Friday night, uh, contrary to what Ewan Cameron has been saying for the last few weeks. So we'll go through all the games, including the two semi-finals, and we're going to be given our picks for who finishes where in the top six and the bottom six. We'll also go through your shouts for if Scottish football was snooker, and make sure you subscribe to the Big Scottish Football Podcast wherever you are listening. You can find us on Twitter at Big Football Scott, and we're also on Instagram and Facebook. Just search for the Big Scottish Football Podcast. By the way, we've got loads of five-star ratings as well. I was noticing that last week on Spotify and Apple Podcasts as well so good work Ewan well done going on and giving us five stars yeah well done to you Stephen Mill us two Bampots talking about football every Monday morning looking back at the weekend's action to think that it's getting five star reviews and that we're in the top 40 when it comes to the charts for Apple Podcasts yeah. and all that stuff I mean it's just remarkable that um, that we're doing alright <laughs> I know I know. to be fair Chris has actually given me some stats because oh, I have for the 40th episode, I would like some stats. So, when we get into the stats? Uh, we can do it just now if you want. I've got them in front of me. He's, he's even got a graph, which is very impressive. A very oh, impressive okay. graph. So um, what, what, so is this the 40th episode? This is the 40th episode. So this is a milestone. 
It really is. And mm-hmm. so far, we have been listened to 350,000 times. That's amazing. Which is very That's brilliant. Good. That's about 14,500 per episode. On and average. Brilliant. Yeah. And our most popular episode was episode 31. Do you remember that one, Ewan? Um, episode 31? Was that when I was off? <laughs> no. <laughs> It was when I was off. Oh, was it when you were off? <laughs> it, was, it was the Monday straight after the League Cup final between Celtic ah, and Rangers. Right. That makes so sense. It was you and Mark Wilson who were hosting it. That and makes sense. That was listened to uh, just shy of 25,000 times. That Amazing. So That's uh, because, of league, because, because I'd set myself up for a massive fall because I predicted the Rangers win, there had been quite a few Celtic fans that might have tuned in there to have a laugh at my expense. So, yeah, I'm not surprised by that. We've also got a country-by-country breakdown of our (laughs) listeners, right? Right, So, 83% come from the UK, but Uh bizarrely, 43.9% of our listeners are English. Are (laughs) they? Or are based in England. Really? Um, So, that's a bit bizarre. Uh, 35% in Scotland, uh, 2.9% in Wales, and only 1.25% in Northern Ireland. Would you like to guess the most popular country for this podcast outside of the UK of, of the UK see I'm not surprised that there's a lot of possible what you describe as expats yeah right? of course so yeah. I'm, not, I'm not surprised by that number if I'm being honest with you but outside of the UK I would probably go I'm just thinking of the Scottish expats I'm probably going to go Australia or the United States Australia is the most popular country outside of the UK, followed by the United States. Yeah, so 4.65% and 3.25% for the US. What about the United Arab Emirates, where I used to live? The UAE is 0.5%. Okay. um, That's just below Spain and just ahead of the Netherlands. Um, (laughs) What do you think our least popular country is? The least popular country? I'm going to go North Korea. North, well, we don't actually have stats for North Korea. I, sorry, I'll, re- I'll rephrase that. What's uh-huh. the least popular country that actually gets listens? Okay. That actually gets listens, I would wait, say... Wait, we actually, we actually get 0.1% of our listens coming from South Korea. South so, Korea. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. are we talking Europe? Yes. Spain? No. Spain's Portugal? Quite, no, no, Spain's quite popular. Czech Republic? Bigger. Russia, not that big. <laughs> France, D- just a wee bit bigger. Spain, no. no. Portugal, no. no. Germany, yes, there we yes. are. So, um, we need to enhance our German content uh, okay. according to this list. So, yes, good and tag to all our uh, German listeners, all yes. three of them. Um, so there you are. That's that's the stats for you. So that's quite can, good. Can I just say thank you to everybody who uh, puts totally, up with yeah. our nonsense week in and week out because those numbers are staggering. So thank you so much for listening. Do you know what? As well, I'm just looking at it. So. Between episode 22 and 25, there was a total increase of 12,000 listeners per episode. And I've got no, we've got no explanation for that. Nah. So all nah. of a sudden, we've got very, very popular between episode 22 and 25, and we've maintained that. So Amazing. thank you to everyone who's been here since the start and to the 10,000-odd folk who have joined us along the way as well. So, uh, yeah, thank you very much. Let's get on with the football, though. Thank yes, you. Yeah, round of applause, round of applause. And uh, sorry, Germany, we will enhance our Bundesliga content. For next season, the Big Scottish Football Podcast with Stephen Mill and Ewan Cameron. So let's start on Saturday lunchtime. Then it is Falkirk versus Inverness Cali. It was the battle of the Diddy teams, and it finished <laughs> Falkirk nil. Inverness 3, so Inverness are going to the Scottish Cup final. It wasn't even close in the end, June. It really wasn't. Billy Mackay obviously scoring with a penalty. We'll get to the VR bit in just a wee second. Uh, a great header from Dan Mackay. Brilliant cross from Jay Henderson as well. And then Billy Mackay with his 100th goal for Inverness. That means they are cruising through to the Scottish Cup final, Ewan. Do you think I'm going to let you away with that? That's the kind of thing that I would say. You've just said that Inverness and Falkirk 
are the Diddy teams. Now, I know why you've said that, because you're a Dunfermline fan and your great rivals are Falkirk. So I no, know no, that no. you had... No, 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 Listen, no, no. You, you, you're totally mischaracterising it here. If, no, it was Dunf- if it was Dunfermline versus Inverness, Cali Thistle, I'd have said the same thing, because we're all relative Diddies. You know? Two smaller clubs in the semi-final. Now, obviously, Dunfermline <laughs> are bigger than both of those clubs, but I would still class Dunfermline as a Diddy club. You know what I mean? I don't think I'm being harsh there. I don't think I'm being harsh well, at all there. See, that's that's see for me, right? I think when you describe any team out with of our hearts, a Hibs, an Aberdeen, a Rangers, a Celtic, a Dundee United as a Diddy team, I think that's quite disrespectful. And that's coming from me. So if I'm thinking that, then well, I, I, I think I'm that you've fa- been disrespectful. I'm a fan of a Diddy team. I would class Dunfermline <laughs> as a Diddy team. So like I, I don't like you don't be offended on my behalf, you know? <laughs> Don't let, let's not. All right. Yeah. So, 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 do you think you're going to get an invitation back to Dunfermline to host their Player of the Year awards for calling their their team and the club Diddy? Well, it's Diddy in comparison to like Celtic and Rangers, Hearts, Hibs, Dundee yeah. United, Aberdeen. I mean, I, I would argue that they are probably bigger Diddies. Like, if we're going on the <laughs> the Diddy scale, okay. like Hearts, Hibs, Aberdeen are bigger Diddies. And then obviously you get sort of like medium-sized ditties. Like who's Dunfer- a who's a medium size? I'd I'd say Dunfermline. I'd, I'd okay. probably put Falkirk in there as well. St Mirren, probably uh-huh. a medium-sized diddy. Kilmarnock, right. uh-huh. um, Partick, Partick, probably a medium-sized diddy as well. Motherwell, right. uh, Dundee. Yeah, yeah, Dundee as well. I'd say medium. I uh, definitely medium-sized diddy. And then you get the smaller diddies like sort of Livingston, Ross County, Inverness, Morton. Wraith Rovers, obviously, Arbroath, Hamilton, teams like that. They're smaller diddies. So where and would Cowdenbeath come in your list of diddies? Tiny diddies. <laughs> tiny <laughs> diddies. <laughs> the tiny diddies, yes. We should probably do this. We should probably do this at the start of next season. We should probably... Put together a, the diddy league. The diddy charts. Yeah, we can have a diddy chart show to start the new season. And then we can say who's been relegated from medium diddy to small diddy to tiny diddy and stuff like uh-huh. that because so, you know if Albion, Ro- if Albion Rovers get relegated at the bottom of League 2 that's probably relegation into tiny diddy more uh-huh. than anything I would say so here's an idea for you let's put a league of 12 of what we think are the top diddies okay right, and then yep. then we can have a league of 10 diddy so that's like the se- second division third division do you know what I'm getting at here and they're yeah. all facing each other and they all get points for their victories. Do you know what I'm getting at? And we can yeah. build a league table of diddies for next season. Let's do that for next season. So is only Celtic and Rangers are the top diddies or do we put Hearts, Hibs, Aberdeen, Dundee United in there? Oh, no. Like, I think Celtic and Rangers are in a, a diddy league of their own. <laughs> like, you know, but, but then, like, diddies are all relative, aren't they? Like, uh-huh. compared with Real Madrid and Manchester United... You know, Aye, Liverpool, okay. teams yes. like that. Yes. You know, Celtic and Rangers would probably be comparative diddies now. Aha. Uh-huh. But Aye. compared with the rest of Scottish football, they are mega diddies. So see, keep... Cel- so see Celtic and Rangers, if they were in this English Premiership right now, would they be medium diddies? Yes, I'd say so, yeah. And, I mean, and Man they, United they, they... would be top diddies, I got you. Man United would be top diddies, yes, exactly. And Liverpool, right. Liverpool. Yeah, that, that's yeah. how that's how I would I think that's fair, to be honest with you. I mean that's not say there, there can be movement within the Diddy Leagues, obviously. Because no, I'll give you a perfect example. So when I was when I was going to Dunfermline games all the time when I was growing up, when I was at sort of ended primary school, started high school, where it was Jimmy Calderwood who was the manager. So I thought yeah. Dunfermline were, you know, quite big diddies. Like probably in my head, the same as a sort of Hibs and a Hearts, we were finishing regularly above Hibs and Dundee United and teams like that, who I would consider to be bigger diddies than Dunfermline now. Mm-hmm. And you had teams like Partick Thistle, who were, you know, getting relegated for the Scottish Premiership, they went down to League One and stuff, and I was like, Partick Thistle, diddies. But then, obviously, it's turned round in the last sort of 15 years. Partick Thistle have finished in the top six, were in the <laughs> top flight for quite a long time, and Dunfermline have been skittering around in the Championship in League One. So that's a sort of, like... So there's different levels of Diddy for what, even for the team you support. There's different levels of being a Diddy. I've got you. Ne- you need to remember that Diddies can swing, big swinging Diddies, right? Yes. Yeah. And that that's what happens over the years, and it's it's a totally a subjective thing. You know, I'm I'm not offended by the term Diddy, and neither should anyone else be. I don't think. 
Okay. Now that we've um, explained what Diddy means to you and to Scottish football, we can now talk about the game, which is yes. Falkirk versus Inverness in front of 13,000 fans in a 52,000-seat stadium. I know you're going to be really annoyed that I've brought that up because I know you get irritated by my rants and ravings about Hamden, which I think just, is a shithole of a stadium. It really is. It's one of the worst fan experiences you're going to get in right. European football. I've been to some really ramshackle stadiums over the years. Diddy watching stadiums. Scotland I've been to some really ramshackle Diddy stadiums over the years yeah. watching Scotland and watching Rangers and Celtic in Europe as well and I still believe that Hamden is a worse fan experience than I've ever experienced in anywhere I've been in Europe that's Listen, how bad I think it is right and to to have Hamden hosting a semi-final for 13,000 fans is an, an embarrassment to Scottish football and that's not me having a pop at the, the fans in any way shape or form because that that's the kind of crowd I would expect for Falkirk versus Inverness, right? That's what I would expect. So well done to all those fans who turned up, but they deserve better. Hamden with 52,000 fans in there is a bad enough experience. Imagine being there for 13,000 fans, no atmosphere, just nothing about the game at all. Poor, I piss actually, poor. I, I thought the atmosphere was okay on Saturday, oh, to be you honest. Even, it was. You weren't even there. It, you, were well, watching it, your, you were watching it, on your telly. What are it, you talking it, about? It came across all right on the telly, is what came I was across going to say. All right on the telly. Most things come across all right on the telly unless no, you're they there don't. and you no, experience don't. it yourself. Well, I just don't understand why you're getting so upset about it. I hate Hamden, Stephen. I, I hate no, no, it. No, I know, but we've been over that about five million times, so we don't need to do it again. See, see the fans that did go on Saturday. Obviously, not the, the Falkirk fans wouldn't have enjoyed it for the actual game, but they were going to Hamden to see their team, and they would have oh, loved Stephen. that. But Inverness Stephen. fans will remember that for the rest of time. If there's any Falkirk and Inverness fans listening now, any of the, th the three fans that turned the, up, right? They'll, they'll, right? they'll agree with me. A lot of fans for Falkirk and Inverness are missing the point here. I ran a poll on my Twitter account and 15,000 fans across Scottish football voted on that poll. And the vast majority believe that that game between Falkirk and Inverness should not have been played at Hamden, but either at Tanadice, at Easter Road... Or Tynecastle. Now, before you jump in here, that's what Scottish football fans were thinking. It doesn't matter where you played that game in regards to a Falkirk fan or an Inverness fan. They were just happy to be in a semi-final. The problem for me is, is where it's played. Forget the Falkirk and Inverness fans because they'd have turned up on the moon to watch their team play in that semi-final. But what's best for the fan experience, what's best for the actual game itself and for the players and for the staff and everyone who's there is to get into a stadium where an atmosphere can be generated. You can't get that in a ramshackle, pishy stadium that's Hamden Park that when full can sometimes be crap. So don't give me this nonsense. It's still a great day out and it's a wonderful day and blah, 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 blah 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 when you've got 13,000 fans rattling around a 52,000 seater stadium that's not the point I'm looking at the bigger picture here okay you put that game at Tynecastle or East Road that stadium would have been bouncing it would have been a great advert for Scottish football but instead what happens Inverness win congratulations to them but everyone's talking about how bad that looked for Scottish football and that's not against that's nothing against Falkirk or Inverness because they're two great clubs with two amazing fan bases it's the SFA who screwed it up and they need to look at the bigger picture here for Scottish football that's what it's about and don't be saying to me about fucking Falkirk and Ranger uh, Falkirk and Ab uh, what's um, Inverness see I'm getting all tongue tied now because I'm so upset and angry because I want to do what's best for Scottish football and you don't seem to care and that's my point you finished? Let's talk about the game. Well, Let's talk well, about the game. Just to round off, what I will say is that every single Falkirk and Inverness fan disagrees with you. No, yes, they, they don't. Did. I'm looking at the comments just now. Right, see, the the see, the just now. see the Falkirk and the Inverness fans who disagreed with me, right? They were saying things like, oh, just you're, you're just jealous because none of your big teams got through the semi-final. That's not the point that was being made. At no point was I jealous. At no point was I having a pop at Inverness and Falkirk. I actually love that so, the smaller clubs are getting their chance so to play in a semi-final. Ju ju just, just, to, just to sort of clarify here, say Hearts were playing Falkirk in a semi-final. Where's that game happening? I think the Falkirk and Hearts would take it around 40,000 fans, so you'd play at Hamden. Right, so, like, 
This is my point. There would be 40,000 fans at Hamden for that game. Hearts would take easy 25,000 through. Easy, so, if not so more. So you would happily have more than 10,000 empty seats at a stadium rattling around, no atmosphere. Rattling around ba- your seats. A bad atmosphere. You, you have 40,000 plus fans up against 13,000. Come on, Stephen, you're better than that, right? You've just made a fool of yourself. Move on. Let's talk about the game before I embarrass you even more. No, because you are on the wrong side of this, I'm afraid. No, I'm you're really look, you're looking at it from a big team's perspective. I can speak from a diddy, a, a small diddy perspective, <laughs> and I can tell you that if Dunfermline were in the semi-final of the Scottish Cup, regardless of who we were playing, I'd want that game to be at Hamden. 100%, regardless of who we were playing. It's all right for Hearts and Celtic and Rangers and Aberdeen fans to say, oh yeah, it should be here, it should be there, because you get to semi-finals all the time. You get to finals all the time. But I think the smaller teams deserve their day out of Hamden, including the fans, and that is the last on the matter. Wait, wait, see, before you get there, who do we work with on a Saturday afternoon on the Big Saturday Football Show? Who's the former player we work with? Name Steve him. Cowan. Steve Cowan, who played for which clubs in Scotland? Aberdeen, Hibs. Aberdeen the Hibs he played with Hibs when they, were, when they were a really good side he played under Sir Alex Ferguson at Aberdeen he played with Motherwell what did he say to you on Saturday on the big Saturday football show where did the semi-finals get played when he was a player they got played at Tyne Castle they got played at Perth Park they got played at Tan- end no, it end no, it no because you know because you know what happened after that as well because you asked them where would you have rather played the games and Steve said Hamden yeah, because that's a, that's a, that's a, that is a selfish <laughs> perspective of a football player. Wanting to play at the better stadiums, yeah, of course it is. Better stadiums right. in front of you, one man and his dog, move on. Falkirk nil, Inverness 3, Inverness, far the better team. Falkirk have been doing what they've been doing all season and it was interesting to see what the pundits were uh, saying about this on Saturday. They were saying, oh, Falkirk play some really nice football. Oh, Falkirk, you know, they knock the ball about well. Oh, they do this, they do that. And then... They got pumped 3-0. That's been Falkirk's season every single week. They've played some nice football, don't get me wrong, but it's powder puff. And that's the reason that Falkirk are in the playoffs and that's the reason that Inverness beat them on Saturday because there wasn't much between the teams. If you were watching it, there wasn't a lot between the teams. But Inverness knew how to finish. Falkirk have been like that the entire season, so that was in no way a surprising performance by Falkirk on Saturday, from my perspective. I think the turning point in that game at 1-0 was a Callum Morrison miss, an open goal, and he hits the post. I I, I mean, I could have scored that with sunglasses on. It was, I mean, it was a horrendous miss. I mean, again, Shocking miss. A professional what? footballer has to score from that position. Likes the Cali should have scored yesterday, but we'll get to that. It was a terrible clearance from Mark Ridgers that led to that. Yeah. The only other clear-cut chance uh, that they had as well was Gary Oliver. Um, who, you know, should have scored as well. Why he squares it across the six-yard box, I'll never know when he could have That's just hit no, it. No, hit no, it no confidence. No confidence. Yeah. But again, that came from a really poor pass-back. Falkirk didn't create anything on Saturday, and that's been their problem the entire season. What so, about the penalty? What about the, the penalty? Penalty, I'm going to be brutally honest, I thought it was really, really, really harsh. But on the other side of things, I thought it was really, really, really funny. Um, so, I, you know, it's one of those ones if it's given against you. And and to be fair, you know, under the current laws, that's yes. a penalty. I don't think it should be a penalty. I thought it was obviously really, really harsh on the Falker boy. But, you know. It is a penalty. The boy's arm was out. I don't know why it's out. And it does strike his hand at yeah. pace. I mean, it's volleyed at him. What's he meant to do in that situation? I think there will be a tweaking of the rules for next season. Obviously, they can't really tweak the rules right now because coming towards the end of the campaign. But I think IFAB have to look at that again. Yeah, I do think it was it was really harsh, but ultimately hilarious. Anyway, Falkirk yes. 3, Inverness... Uh, sorry, <laughs> Falkirk 0, Inverness 3, you wish. So Inverness taking on either Rangers or Celtic in the final. That was yesterday, that semi-final. And it was same old, same old from Rangers, wasn't it? You and Cameron. They were the better team. So that's four times that you've said that Rangers have been the better team against Celtic. And how many times have they won, you? No, there's no getting away from it. And and what I would say, and I'm not the only one to, to say this, that Rangers were much the better team. What do you get for that, for being much the better team? Oh, you don't, you don't get anything for a pair in this game. You've been saying this all the time, that there's nothing between Celtic and Rangers, but 
if there was nothing between them, you would think just a wee bit of luck or, you know, just by the balance of probability that Rangers would win one of these games. But Celtic aren't even playing that well and are still winning. They're again, still winning matches. Again, you're looking at your blinkers on here, mate, right? Just try and look at the game as a whole. Rangers were the better team, but what Rangers don't have is what Celtic do have, which is quality, an abundance of quality in that team. So and surely by, by you saying that, there's a big difference between the teams then? It's putting the ball in the back of the net, and that's where Rangers are struggling. Absolutely struggling. I would say yes, but also I would say Rangers are struggling to defend properly. Because look at the goals they've conceded over the last few weeks. Not just uh, to Celtic, by the way, in the last Celtic game, but even the, the goals against St Mirren and the goals against Aberdeen and all the rest of it. Absolutely horrendous defending. Now, Goldson came in yesterday, and Goldson's obviously Rangers' best centre-half by an absolute mile. He did play quite, quite well yesterday. Quite well, but, he was their best player. But both him, Tavernier, Barisic... no. No, Raskin. No, what, go, what, what, why even a pop at Goldson? Goldson has just got nothing to do with him. Absolutely nothing to do with him because what happens at the goal is obviously they fall asleep. But Raskin, it for me, is primarily at fault. And then it's Barisic and then it's Tavernier. Goldson is in the penalty spot and he's got his man, which is Kiego. Kai Go- what? I keep forgetting. Oh, I can't get his name right. Kiogo. Um, so Goldson's got his man, Kiego. Kyogo. Uh, Goldson's got his man, Kiego. Kyogo. I got that wrong. Kiego. Kiogo. I'm leaving Kyogo. all this in. <laughs> <laughs> so Goldson's got his man, Kiogo, right? Well done, yes. Right? So, and then at the back post, you've got Tavernier, who's meant to have Jota. So Goldson is blameless in that goal, right? There are three other players who are very much at fault for that goal. I thought Goldson was Rangers rock at the back. I thought he was outstanding. And I thought Cameron Carter-Vickers at the back for Celtic, he is a colossus and he was heading everything away yesterday. That man is unbelievable. He was superb and, and I was and I, I thought it was the right decision to give him the man of the match award. I think he is a phenomenal signing and Celtic have got themselves a £25 million defender in Cameron Carter-Vickers. I don't know what his contract situation is. I know he's only just signed a contract. Track. He only just signed, and obviously he's out for the rest of the season now. He's going to get. But he's a, done his job. He's done his and, job, and I and I love what Ange said yesterday. They really wanted to him to go and get his injuries sorted out a few weeks back, but Cameron Carter Vickers went, "No, I'm going to be playing in the game against the Rangers for the Scottish Cup semi final." And Ange Postecoglou says, "We were too scared to him to say no." <laughs> so I, I, um, I, I could imagine, yeah. So li- listen. I thought that Rangers' tactics played into Celtic hands a wee bit yesterday. They started pumping the ball into the box and Carter Vickers was just eating, gobbling everything up. And yeah, he did play very well. But, you know, I just thought there was a real lack of creativity and imagination in the Rangers team. And that's something they're really going to have to sort ahead of next season. I thought Cantwell, you know, poor. You, you know, he's, he, it's all right if you're playing well against the Diddy clubs, but these are the big games that Rangers need to win, and Cantwell was absolutely... Were Rangers the better team? Uh, yeah, I mean, on the balance of play, yeah, but I mean, <laughs> you could argue that Rangers have been the better team for the last four Celtic Rangers matches, and they've won zero of them. No, that's and true. That, and, and, that, and that's a problem for Michael. Do you, do you, do you, you know, I don't think... Michael Beale's obviously going to be given the summer to bring in his own players and stuff like that, and I think that's only right, but... You know, there were calls to Super Scoreboard over the weekend. Big, big pressure on Michael Beale. There's a lot Huge. of people who aren't happy with him at all. Huge. And they've just signed that boy from Norwich, Kieran Dowell. Is it Kieran yep. Dowell? I think it is, yeah. He's injury prone. What is it with Rangers signing players who are injury prone? I mean, what are they up to? Why are they, why are they bringing this boy in? I mean, he signed John Suter last year who has a, a horrendous track record of continually being injured. And here's Kieran Dowell coming in from Norwich who himself has injury issues. Oh, yeah, he's a decent enough footballer. But I don't know what it is about Rangers doing that. They need a couple of new strikers. Fashion Sakala yesterday. Again, it was deja vu. Do you remember in the League Cup final? Same position, same end of Hamden. He's got an open goal he scored into and he hit the side net in, in the League Cup final and the semi-final yesterday. The, the, the goal's actually, it's a wider target to hit and he still hits the side net and he's, anyone of quality in that position scores that. If that's any of the Celtic front three, they score that. If that's Callum McGregor, he scores that. 
Rangers are just lacking that wee bit of quality and cutting edge. And if they had that yesterday, it might have been a different result. Again, you never know. You, you can't look into a crystal ball or hindsight is a wonderful thing and all that stuff. But Rangers do lack quality where it really matters. And that's in the 18-yard box. Morelos is nowhere near the player that he once was. And, and I think Rangers will be happy to see the back of him. He offered nothing yesterday. I thought Sakala was very direct and he's a danger. But he just, again, lacks quality. Right, so, so Ken, his head's gone. He's 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 yeah. either something's no right there with him, and he was hooked at halftime. So yeah, Rangers have got a huge mountain to climb in the summer when it comes to rebuilding. And my thing when it comes to Celtic, they've got a really fantastic squad of players. I'm not sure where they need to strengthen. That'll be one for Celtic fans to decide, and what Ange Postecoglou wants to do. But when you look at the English Premiership right now, Stephen, and the amount of clubs that are looking for new managers or will be looking for new managers, do you think there's a chance that Ange could go in the summer with the job that he's done? And what I mean by that is, forget that he's won the treble, because that's what's going to happen. Inverness are going to get pumped in the final. But you look at how brave he was when he was in the Champions League against the likes of Real Madrid, and Celtic played really well, created umpteen chances, took the game to one of Europe's best clubs, the Champions League holders I thought that Celtic were brave, I thought Celtic were unlucky so Ange is a manager that a lot of clubs will be aware of and might take a punt on, do you think it happens this summer? No I don't and I think the reason for that is I think he genuinely is, he looks to be very happy at Celtic at the moment and I think whilst you've said all those things are true you said about Celtic in the Champions League, they still finished bottom of their group with two points. So I think he probably needs to do something in Europe next season, whether it's to get Celtic to the last 16 of the Champions League, which is going to be a tough ask, obviously, or do something in the Europa League if they finish third or whatever. I think he needs to do something in Europe because... Well, I mean, perfect example yesterday. We are talking about Rangers versus Celtic. Massive game in the Scottish Cup semi-final and I'm down here in London and nobody cares about it. Right, Stephen, let, let's look at the clubs that could be looking for a manager, right? I don't think Sean Dyche gets a full-time gig at Everton. Everton are, and everyone knows, are a sleeping giant, are a huge football club. I think they'll be looking for a manager. There's every chance that Leeds could be looking for a manager. You're also looking at, well, Chelsea are currently looking for a manager. I know they might be about to announce like Pochettino. Pochettino could go in there. So there are a number of massive clubs down there, huge institutions that could there's, be looking for a manager. There's so, no way, there's no no way that he's going to Everton because they're a basket case, a total basket case. Uh, and I don't. Leicester think, will be looking for a manager. I can't see that. I think they they'll be playing Championship football next season, so he's definitely not going to go. Not to the Forest will probably be looking for a manager who'll be in the Championship next season as well. So I like. I'd, Does he not leave for a club in the bottom ten? Depends. Like I, I, again, I don't think it's going to be this summer. I, I don't think it'll be this summer because I don't think his stock is high enough to achieve that to be perfectly honest I agree. With you. I disagree with you I think what he's done here has been remarkable oh, no, I know I, I think he's done a fantastic job but I don't think he'll get the recognition because down here people are just like well pff, it's only Scotland I mean anybody I mean even St- Stephen Gerrard won a league in Scotland so <laughs> you know like the the view of the game in, yeah, in England I know what you mean. Is, is such that you know he has to do something in Europe I think to be quoted for one of those, for one of the big jobs anyway. And I can't see him leaving to go to, uh, you know, uh, like if uh, Desebre leaves Brighton or whatever, I can't see him going to Brighton. Yeah. But then, Stephen, if we were having this conversation about Brendan Rodgers, we'd have said the same thing. If they, we'd, if I'd muted to you no, that Brendan Rodgers was leaving nah. Celtic for Leicester, you'd have went, nah, no chance. And the reason I don't think that is because Brendan Rodgers was obviously unhappy at the end of his Celtic reign there was problems between him and the board so there's that to put into the mix as well and secondly Rodgers had already done it down south he'd already done a really good job with Swansea he nearly won the league with Liverpool as well so he was proven down there so it was slightly different you know like we didn't know who Ange Postacoglu was before he was appointed Celtic manager so people down here give even less of a toss about who he is so he's going to need to do something in Europe I think to then go on and get one of the bigger jobs in England and by the way I think he's absolutely capable of it and if I was a chairman of an English club I'd be looking at somebody like him to be my manager because I think he is that good Do you know what I can't believe is that Brendan Rodgers is in the running for the Spurs job ahead of Ange Postacoglu Postacoglu should be ahead of him 
But again, that's because Brendan Rodgers has got a proven track record in England. He's won the FA Cup with Leicester. He nearly won yeah. the league with Liverpool. He did really well with Swansea. So they can point to that and go, oh, well, he, did, he actually had success at his time in England in three different occasions. So yeah. obviously it's not ended well in all those, uh, apart from the Swansea one because he went to yeah. Liverpool, but it didn't end well at Liverpool. Didn't end well at Leicester, obviously. But he has had success and that'll count for so much more when teams are looking at managers. So uh, Celtic, obviously, red hot favourites for the treble now and uh, yeah Inverness on the 3rd of June so we look forward to the Scottish Cup final let's move on and run through the championship so Friday night Dundee versus Cove my god Cove Rangers um, battling for that point it wasn't pretty at all Cove can avoid a playoff spot if they beat Morton and Arbroath lose uh, against Hamilton on Friday night. We'll get to Hamilton in just a wee second. Elsewhere at the weekend, that was a golden opportunity for Queen's Park to go in front in the championship race. They were 1-0 up at Morton, and then they lost 2-1. So Morton can still get in the playoffs as well. It's all to play for. First of all, we deal with the title. Dundee going to Queen's Park on Friday night. They just need a point. Is that a bad thing? As in... What do you do? Do you go Aye. for the win? We've seen this so many times. I mean, obviously Dundee are in absolute pole position and the onus is all on Queen's Park. But football's funny that way. Sometimes it doesn't quite work out like that. Now, it's your mindset, isn't it? How do you go into that mentally? Because you know, as it stands right now, you've won the league and you've won promotion to the Premiership. I think you have to go into that game thinking you've got to win it. Because the last thing you want to be doing is going to that last 10 minutes, nil-nil, and then the nerves really sitting and you get deeper and you get deeper and you get deeper. And all it takes is one mistake or one quality delivery in the box and there's a header comes in and then you're 1-0 down and then you're out and then you're back you're in the playoffs and then Queen's Park are celebrating promotion so I think they have to go and win the game because Queen's Park will they win the game I, I think they will I watched the entire game between Dundee and Cove Rangers and Cove Rangers and I know they're battling for their lives and they actually came for a point they admitted that at the end of the game Mark Reynolds came on telly and he went look we came down here looking for a point so it's in our hands in the final game it was like a 6-2-1 formation they were outstanding defensively they're, they're playing goal- with nine players were they? they're 6-2-1 um, <laughs> Six, something like six three one. <laughs> Interesting formation. Uh, yeah, yeah. Their, their goalkeeper, the goalkeeper for Dundee, didn't break sweat. I mean, he had the cleanest strip on the pitch. I mean, he didn't have to put that strip yeah. in the washing machine at the end of the game. It was an awful game to watch. And Dundee hit the post. The goalkeeper made a couple of half decent saves, but Cove got what they wanted. But I think because Queens Park have to win the game, that works in Dundee's favour because they do have some cracking players on their team and they can score goals. So I think with Queens Park having to come out and win the game, that'll suit Dundee. So I think they'll get the job done at Ockleview on Friday night. I think I'm going to take my boy to that game as well because it's going to be an intriguing game. When it comes to the playoffs, I don't know. Let me explain the situation. So, there's only Wraith Rovers and Dunfermline, because they've obviously won League One. They're the only two teams who know they're going to be in the Championship next season. Every other team who are in the Championship or in the playoffs in League One, um, they don't know what league they're going to be in. Um, And so, Partick Thistle, obviously red-hot favourites to be in the playoffs. And if Dundee win on Friday night and Partick Thistle beat Wraith Rovers, who have got nothing to play for, that means Partick Thistle will jump up to second, which is actually a big, big advantage when it comes to the playoffs because you're missing out another round of games. So that that would be a bit of kick in the stomach for Queen's Park. Morton need to win against Cove Rangers on Friday night and hope that one of Thistle, Ayr or Inverness lose. Ayr and Inverness are playing each other at Inverness on Friday night. Ayr United beat Wraith Rovers 1-0, so they're currently in the playoffs. So despite the fact that Inverness got to the Cup semi-final, obviously nothing to do with the league. They were out celebrating, I'm sure, on Saturday night. Then they dropped to fifth in the table. They've actually dropped out of the playoffs and they've got a massive game at home against Air United on Friday night. We interest in Quirk as well. If Inverness get to the Premiership playoff final, the second leg of it is due to be played two days after the Scottish Cup final. So we'll see what happens. Surely they'll need to change that, but God knows if they will because you know what the SBFL are like in moving matches. So in terms of the bottom of the table, it's all up for grabs as well. Hamilton are bottom. Then you've got Cove on 31 points and then you've got Arbroath on 33 points. I mean, 
it's going to be a big, big Friday night. I wish all the games, you know how they do like the Champions League gold show and stuff yes. on BT. I wish yes. we had that for the championship on Friday night because it would be amazing. It'd be great. Do you fancy coming to Oco View with me on Friday night? What am I doing on Friday night? Uh, I could do. Yeah, I could Cause, do. Because I, I actually think that'll be a really intriguing game between those two. I mean, we'll double the, the, the crowd if we turn up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's been a whole argument about that as well because Dundee were only given 400 tickets initially. The SBFL have had to step in and now they've been given 800 tickets. But I mean, it's still going to be absolutely nowhere near a sellout because no. Queen's Park don't have that many fans and uh, let's be honest, they don't need the money either. So it's going to be a big one on Friday night. I might head along to it myself just to see what's happening. It's just going to be a big night in the championship. What, what if I was to nail you down just now? So let's do this quick fire. Dundee and Inverness. Yes. Who else is going to be in the playoffs? Uh, Partick and Queen's Park. Okay, thank you. So Aaron, and Aaron Morton miss out. Aaron Morton miss out. In Hamilton of, relegated. Okay, so they're losing to Arbroath? They're losing to Arbroath, yes. So that, so that means Cove Rangers will be in the relegation playoff? Correct. Okay, okay, right. Let's move on to League One. Pretty much done and dusted at the weekend. Obviously, Dunfermline Trophy Day for them, winning against Clyde by two goals to one. Two very late goals in either half, giving Dunfermline the points there. Kelty Hearts with a very, very late goal. Congratulations to Joe Cardo scoring his 100th goal in the SPFL, and it was a winning goal against Peterhead. Unfortunately for Peterhead, that sends them mathematically down into League 2 for next season so Peterhead are relegated that means Clyde are in the relegation playoff Aloha confirming their playoff spot by winning 4-0 at Montrose and Queen of the Sides beating Airdrie by 3 goals to 1 it's still to be decided who's going to be finished 3rd and 4th that's the only thing up for grabs this weekend in League 1 and finally in League 2 it was Anna 0 Bonnerig Rose 0 East 5-2 Albion Rovers 1 bad result for Albion Rovers they are now 3 points adrift at the bottom of the table but they do have a lifeline I'll get to that in just a wee second Elgin City confirmed their League 2 status on Saturday by beating Dumbarton at Borough Briggs. A very, very late winner, uh, sparking wild celebrations by Elgin City fans and supporters and also the players and management staff as well, running on the pitch and everything. So congratulations to them. They will be safe from the relegation playoff. Still in Albion, picked up the trophy on Saturday as well and they did it in style by beating Forfa by two goals to one. That means Forfa are missing out on the playoffs and it's Strunrar 2, Stenhouse, Muir, nil. So uh, in terms of the team, just very quickly is Dumbarton Annan and East Fife who are going to be in the playoffs Dumbarton just totally fallen away of late uh, over the last few weeks in that league and in terms of the bottom of the table Albion Rovers are on 36 points Bonnie Rigros are on 39 however Albion Rovers only have a minus 3 goal difference and Bonnie Rigros have a minus 14. So should Albion Rovers win at the weekend and Bonnie Rig lose, that means Bonnie Rig will be in the relegation playoff and they'll take on either Spartans or Brecon. And the first leg of that was played on Saturday. It was Spartans 1, Brecon City 0. So that is your roundup for Scottish football over the weekend. The Big Scottish Football Podcast with Stephen Mill and Ewan Cameron. Okay, so we've been taking your shouts for if Scottish football was the snooker because it has been the World Championships. The World Championship final is finishing a wee bit later on tonight. Are you, are you a snooker fan, Ewan? Is it something that does it for see, you? See, when I was a kid, I couldn't get enough of the snooker, right? Every kid in the late 80s was obsessed by snooker and everyone wanted that four-foot snooker table in their bedroom and you'd make holes in the wall with a cue because the bedroom was too small. And and I used to watch it all the time, especially when Stephen Hendry was around. You had Jimmy White, you had Steve Davis and, and all the boys. I loved it, I really did, but I have actually lost touch with snooker over the last five, six, seven years. I've not really been paying attention yeah. and I've not really paid any attention to the World Snooker Championship finals. I don't even know who's in the finals, Stephen, if I'm going to be honest with you and that's really unlike me I don't even know who's in the final I know that's I can, the final I can tell can, you it's yeah. Mark Selby the jester from Leicester is yeah. his nickname uh, versus Luca Brassel who is uh, Belgian so obviously the <laughs> So there you are. So um, I, I, if, if you'd said to me, Luca Brazil, I would have thought he was a striker playing for <laughs> somebody else. Kill the music just now, producer Chris, because I'm going to play you in a wee bit of music from uh, YouTube in front of me. And this just takes me back to Saturday nights when I was a wee boy. I mean... 
day and age where uh, Jim Davidson was acceptable on television as well, which is uh, really something. So uh, let's go to your shouts and find out what you put in this week. Um, you and you can decide the winner for this one. Alan yeah. Till says, uh, Bazin Maeda. Bays, as in the cloth that they use. That's beige. Oh it's no, it's the bays or beige. It's oh, it's bays. Bays, yeah. Bays in Maeda, so that works. Uh, Chalk Wallace. Chalk, chalk. Oh, Jock Wallace, yes. Yeah. See, ma- when it, see, see, whenever you played snooker or pool at your local snooker hall or pool hall, you, I always forgot to keep chalk in my cue. That's why you weren't very good, Jim. But how, how, how did the players keep remembering to chalk their cue? Because see, when I put it well, in my pocket, I just forget about it. You're actually speaking to the Fife under-14s <laughs> runner-up <laughs> from well, about... 2003. <laughs> are, are we talking snooker or pool here? Pool. I pool. got to the final, and the guy yeah. who beat me absolutely, absolutely pumped me in the final. So, what pool table was it? Was it the yellow and British red balls? Pool. Yeah. British pool. None of your American pool. American pool is the easiest thing in the world because they. I love American pool. The pockets are like skips. Like you don't even need to. <laughs> you don't even to hit it near the pocket and it goes in. You know, British pools. That's that's where it's at in terms of technical ability. Anyway, Framey Matthews. As in frame, a frame. Uh-huh. Andrew McBee says Harold Screwback. No? I can do that. I can put a wee bit of side on it as well. Uh, Richard Cloth. Richard Goff, Richard Cloth. So, so what's the difference between cloth and bays? Well, they're both the same things. Bays is bays. a type of cloth. Why not just call it bays? Or why not just, just call it cloth? Why do you need to... What, what's, oh, what, what, because sometimes, what does, you have, sometimes you have more than one name for something. Right, hold on a wee second. I'm just going to Google here what is bays... Andy Marshall says Shin Snooker Nakamura. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, back post says Crucible Shankly. Crucible? No. Not having no, that. No. Do you know what um, Bayes is? I'll tell you. Okay, go for it. Bayes is a woven felted fabric that's commonly used as a cover for gaming tables. Okay. So where else would you use Bayes? Was would you only use it on gaming tables? Where else would you use it? Well, according to that definition, yeah. Just on the so base. so yeah. um, like um, poker, blackjack stuff like that, stuff like that, casinos. So I'd would imagine, would you yeah. would you would you ever use bays in your house for anything? Well, no, because I'm not running some sort of <laughs> dodgy. <laughs> yeah, exactly, a backdoor <laughs> casino. Yeah, exactly. So so no, I'm not, I wouldn't do that. That would be really weird, Jun. Um, Bill Brian Stalker, I should say, says Fergus McCannon, a cannon. Yeah. No? Well, see, I called it a plant when oh, I was a boy. I like this. Safety shot at Averladze. That's very good. Yeah, D. Hugh like says, that. Tory Andre, one flow seven. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ewan Boyle says, where's that cue ball going, Coyle? <laughs> no? Jack Witt says, one four seven Van Veen. Seven Van Veen. No. Nah. Uh, John Bleasdale says, former Motherwell striker Nick Cusack. Mm-hmm. Johnny Mac says Bobo Crucibaldi. <laughs> Ronnie O'Sullivan Hoydonk. I mean, that's rubbish, Johnny Mac. That's really, really Johnny bad. Mac, come on, mate. You're better than that. Kenny Burgess says Basil Bowley. Joe Whirlwind. Whirlwind. That's obviously Jimmy White's nickname. You think? What did he say? Joe Whirlwind. War- oh, the former Rangers now Nottingham Forest player. Yes, exactly. Yes. Mark Thompson says Marco Furohashi. Marco Fu. Ronnie O'Neill Sullivan, where's that cue Bolingoli going? Any of that doing it for you? No. Uh, Mar- Martin Foley says Ange Pocketog, <laughs> Pocketog, <laughs> Pocketoglu. I mean, Jesus Christ. Uh, Stephen Balker, the bulk uh-huh. colours. Uh, yeah, 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 an- an- Another Chalkstein there. Matondo Prop says Davy Cooper, Q Dallas as well. Uh, Minter says Kelty Hearts manager John Potter. Of course, that's an easy one for you. Uh, hello to Owen as well, who says Craig Chalkett. Chalkett? No, not getting that I, one. I'm, I'm reading about um, Neville Chamberlain, who apparently um, invented snooker. Okay. Uh, Breaking City, as in you break, break. Yeah. Frame Frimpong. Partrick Shot Fissile. No, I'm not having that either. Triangle Postacoglu. Neville Chamberlain invented the game of snooker while serving in Jablapur in India in 1875. He was in the army. So Neville Chamberlain? Neville Chamberlain is... Invented uh, snooker? Is credited as uh, inventing snooker in 1875 in India when he was serving in the army. 
that's something I didn't know about Neville Chamberlain. Uh, Michael Mortignani says Eric Blackspin, uh, Cushion Sakala, quite good, quite like that. Kenny McFowl, uh, follow follow up shot. <laughs> <laughs> Paul Smith says on Punditry you would have Andy Chalker Ross1874 Gary Mackay Stephen Hendry Andy Halladee Ricky Spence how do you make a snooker table laugh you put your hands in its pockets and tickle its tickle Ian McCall's Ian, Mc- <laughs> oh, Ian McCall yay <laughs> right Ricky Spence wins this week well done Ricky Spence I like tickling my balls ok well done to Ricky Spence next week the Smurfs started out as a comic and it was announced this week that Rihanna has been cast in the new Smurfs movie. So, give us your best suggestions for if Scottish football was a comic. As easy as that. Scottish football was a comic. So, you could have The Flash Taylor. You could have Our Willie Collum. You could have (laughs) Dandy Halliday, of course. So, get your shouts in on at Big Football Scott. At Big Football Scott. That's where you can follow us and you can you can get your shouts in ahead of next week. Also, this weekend is the return of the Premiership. So, let's go through our final predictions, you and Cameron. Oh, do we Top have to six, bottom six. Yes, you do. So, let's do it quick fire as well. So, obviously, Celtic Rangers, first and second. Yeah, it's easy. Third. Hearts. Fourth. Aberdeen. Fifth. Hibs, sixth. St Mirren, seventh. Motherwell, eighth. Livingston, ninth. Dundee United, tenth. Kilmarnock, eleventh. St Johnston, and Ross County, twelfth. Yeah. Now you ask me. Okay, third. Aberdeen. Fourth. Hibs. Fuck off. <laughs> right, ask, keep, keep asking me. Come on. Sixth. No, sorry. Fifth. St. Mirren. <laughs> Sixth. Heart of Midlothian. Seventh, Motherwell. Eighth, Livingston. Ninth, Dundee United. Tenth, Ross County. Oh, eleventh, Kilmarnock. Twelfth, St Johnston. Wow, interesting. Interesting. Just, I just think that Ross County you've, you've, and puts. I know right. they got pumped by Hearts a couple of weeks ago, but I just think they've got something about them. Right. I think so, stay up. So I think your bottom six is an intriguing one, and so is my bottom six. You have spectacularly got the top six wrong. <laughs> I mean, you really. I have. mean, to, and, you, to, and you're doing to be that honest, just to wind me up. I'm absolutely doing it to wind you up. I do think yeah. Aberdeen will finish third. I think Hearts will finish fourth. And then it will be Hibs and St Mirren. That's what I genuinely do think. I was okay. doing that to wind you up. So, okay. um, I, but it's going to be exciting into the season. Obviously, big, big matches this weekend. Uh, we are back, of course, um, next Monday with another big Scottish football podcast. Uh, Producer Chris, if you'd like to play the end of the episode music, please. There we are. This has been the Big Scottish Football Podcast. I'm Stephen Mill. Thank you to you, you and Cameron, for joining me. It's been a pleasure as always. And a huge thank you to you all for listening as well. And here's to another 40 episodes of the Big Scottish Football Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the show on whichever podcast provider you use so you don't miss out on a podcast that will drop straight into your inbox. And remember, leave us a five-star review as well. You can keep an eye on our socials for if Scottish Football was a comma. Get your tweets in for that. And we'll be back next week at the usual time with another brand new episode of the Big Scottish Football Podcast. Bye-bye for now. Bye-bye. Lovely.